Nothing important, Matt Lands, I'm back, baby. That's life. Da, 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 da. I like those old songs, man. I like those old songs. They so, you know what I mean? It's New York pride that makes me like those old songs. Because it's just like there's something very regal and elegant about New York City. Um, I don't even know how that, that, that perception is so prevalent, though, because it is really like a disgusting city. <laughs> like, literally, it's disgusting. But there's something in the air over there. It's energy. It's fucking energy. I'm so jelly right now, ladies and gentlemen. I am jelly. I'm completely jealous. My girl and my baby are in New York, and I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta all alone. So lonely. I'm so lonely. I'm singing for you guys a lot today. Baby, I put on the tap shoes with this one, baby. You know, I'm sitting down, doing what I love. I love doing this podcast. I really can say that honestly. I love doing this shit. <laughs> I really have a fucking good time. Um, but, you know, I wish I was in New York. I wish I was in New York right now. It, like, if you had a Groundhog Day situation... If you could create the context in which a 24-hour tear in time repeated itself over and over again, you were stuck in a single day, and no matter what you did to end that day, fall asleep, put a gun to your fucking head, jump off a roof, you start right back up, waking up at that same day. What would be the context of that day? How would you ideally want that hypothetical to play out? For myself, it would be a... This is tricky. I think you guys got my personality somewhat already. (laughs) It's either a Friday or a Saturday. And it's tricky. It's going to be in New York City. The reason I'm I'm going in between a Friday or a Saturday because Friday, I feel like you have a higher probability of having a large amount of people out in the city, in New York City, getting drunk, doing what they fucking do. Right? There's also, though, the... You know, there's, the energy is not as lively. Now, Saturday, what you risk is there not being a lot of people out because they went too hard on Friday. They was burning the fucking stress off in the work week. But you also gain the opportunity that it is a pop in Saturday. Everybody's out and they are ready to go crazy. Because the day following Saturday, yes, ladies and gentlemen, they call it the Lord's Day. They call it, you know... Football Sunday, but what it really is, is when you fucking heal from the hangover and pray to God for all the sins that you committed the last two days. That's what Sunday's about. So Saturday in New York could get particularly sticky. And I like that. You know, (laughs) I think I'm gonna go with Saturday. It will be a Saturday in either mid-June or early September. Talk to me. If you party... If you're from New York City, talk to me. Tell me those ain't the motherfucking times. Mid-June or early September. That means mid-June is like you just getting in the groove of being an alcoholic for the summer. Right? Beautiful weather. Everybody's outside. There's an excitement. Because the winter brainwashes you. It makes you forget <laughs> the, the cycle of the seasons and that every summer... Ends up with disappointment because it's it's either it's it, at the same time it's too much drinking, too much partying, and it's also not enough. And uh, you get that emotion early June. It's before that knowledge sets in. 
but early September is like the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. So everybody's out early September. They're like, oh, fuck. I started to cool off in August. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been drinking a little bit less. I realized I wilded out this summer, but I, I, I need to go out like one last time. You know, you know what I'm saying? Labor Day. I think I'll do Labor Day, near Labor Day. Everybody partying near Labor Day. So that's what I would do. It would be a Saturday around Labor Day. That would be my Groundhog Day. Ladies and gentlemen, what, 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 when would I have time to read? When would I have time to grow my brain? I'm not thinking about none of that. I'm going to stay young forever. It's Groundhog Day. You just keep on repeating that day. Would I get bored in New York City? Living a perpetual Saturday near Labor Day, early September? No, I wouldn't. No, I fucking wouldn't. Um, yes, I would. I would kill myself after a year. Um, <laughs> oh, but it's, it's Groundhog Day. You kill yourself, you start back over. How did that movie end again? How did he break the time loop? Was it like the the, the spell was broken by love or some bullshit? The, the fucking Hollywood movies, man. What does love solve? Love solves all your problems. Open your heart. Um, <laughs> you know what I like to think about people in extreme circumstances that have a base level. I think everybody's born with a base level personality. Uh, this is not the nature versus nurture argument. I think it is a combination of both. What I'm talking about is just the, the nature. When people are born, I think they have their own personality and that is a canvas by which the life experiences, stresses, pleasures, eases, hard work, um, what you're exposed to, all those things paint that canvas. And that creates whatever fucked up adult you become, right? So I like to think about people's base levels. Like there are shitty people of every race. There are shitty people of every culture, of every religion, every geographic, um, you know what I'm saying, area. And every time, there's always been shitty people from the beginning of time until the end of time. It's just the way shit is. So naturally shitty people, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> in shitty situations, like they always talk about, I always see the stories of like in a slave movie, they like to highlight, you know, the people who are super victimized that somehow through that victimization kept their morality and still believed in God. <laughs> but I think that's Hollywood bullshit. I think that's happy ending shit. Even in the horrors of recanting what happened during American slavery, which is easily the worst thing. You know, I love how the Jews act like that, that Holocaust was worse than slavery. Nah, son. Nah, son. Um, you could keep Judaism. I don't want to be part of the lost tribes. I don't want to go to Israel. But let's just be honest. Come on, son. Um, <laughs> that one guy, Hitler, did not do the damage that every fucking white person uh, during those during the past did. But anyway, um, like I was saying, is like they always have to do that tinge of keep people, even in a depressed story, with an optimistic outcome because they got to sell the movie. So in, in slavery times, they focus on all of these characters who are beaten down and they accept the religions and they believe in Christ and they overcome psychologically, even if their physical reality is confining them. And I think that's bullshit. <laughs> I think there was plenty of slaves that were like, yo, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this. You know what I mean? I'll be whatever type of shitty person so I don't have to fucking deal with the bullshit.
You know, I think that's more uh, in reality what human beings are. I think that is. I, I said it in the last episode is with all of these things happening in the media, more like racial division, class division, people fighting with each other that have never fucking met each other. All this, these negative problems that are circulating, you see people who have things to lose, people who are in the public flip-flopping. <laughs> I'm like, how are you pro this? And then 10 seconds later, you know what I'm saying? The shoes come on. You start dancing. But I think that's more akin to like humanity. I think that's where human beings lie. Um, you seen what's happening with Kyrie right now. Kyrie Irving, baby. Kyrie Irving made a stand for his religious or historical beliefs. And now Nike is taking away $11 million. Let me be the motherfucking fact-checking police. Ladies and gentlemen, Nike was planning to take away that money anyway. Not to take that money away, but to not renew their deal with him. That was in the talks six, seven months ago. Don't believe the motherfucking hype. Clickbait. Um, doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. And I like to look at things on the bright side. I think if you inspect anything, you can find a brighter outcome. You know what I mean? Whole situation that revolved around Will Smith, right? Will Smith was at the Oscars and um, Chris Rock was hosting. I think you guys could fill in the blank. Will Smith cocked back on that nigga and slapped him, right? Crazy situation. Everybody's like, yo, what the fuck is Chris Rock? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why Chris Rock? Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of other guys that it would have made. You know what I'm saying? He was teasing his wife and shit like that. I guess so. But cut his ass back, bro. From the hood. He ain't had no joke, so he slapped him. And what led after that was a you know public humiliation that was probably way more painful and detrimental to his career than getting slapped on live TV. Like, Chris got slapped. That's wild, embarrassing. But then after that, it was like, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Will Smith went through a deep public depression. It's very bad to have a breakdown on that level because then you get bullied from all angles of society. And that psychological torture, I would say, is probably far more painful than getting slapped by a Hollywood celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Even though he slapped the shit out of him. That shit looked like it hurt. But I think what Will Smith went through was a harsher punishment psychologically because it takes away a lot of your uh, psychological independence when everybody has an opinion on your mental health. It, You know, for a lot of individuals, they can't handle that scrutiny. And he's already on a, a large pedestal. He's already been famous for so long. And now just a complete shift from being, you know, the Hollywood guy. The guy that everybody loves. Nobody looked at him like, oh, you're a black man. Everybody looked at him like you were you are one of the greatest thespians. You are the, the guy that we all love, uh, regardless of race. His talent was at the forefront of his story. And that shifted. And so very difficult. But the positive side, he just got a movie, baby. <laughs> he just got a movie. And what is he playing? Is he playing a black superhero? Um, allegedly. I saw his sales pitch on Trevor Noah's show. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. He's going to be the star of this movie, Emancipation. Now, let's look at the bright side. I imagine there's a check behind that one. Uh, but <laughs> the movie is uh, pretty black and white. Even literally, it, it was shot in black and white. And it's about this guy 
who um, has an unbreakable spirit, even though he's a fucking slave. And that's that story that I'm like, I scratch my head about. I'm like, "Eh, eh." you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Is that a powerful, positive message? It's like this fucking stereotypical white guy. He has his dog. (laughs) He's like, I am your God now, boy. You breathe, you live because of me, boy. I'm just like, God damn. You know? Were slave owners that stupid too? Like, did they? (laughs) This guy was a country bumpkin slave owner. I know they had Southern accents, but I would imagine that they had some level of education, you know, more than just being a guy that needed somebody to kneel at his feet with his dog. I I don't know if the interactions were like that. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't read enough. I don't read enough. Maybe. But, you know, hell of a motherfucking rebound, right? Hell of a motherfucking rebound. Emancipation. Now he's going to be free from his Hollywood scrutiny, from his, excuse me, from the public scrutiny by being a slave in Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, that's seeing the bright side. That is seeing the bright side on in life. You know what I'm saying? Who else is a bright individual? Who else is an individual that likes to see things from an optimistic lens? I think Joe Byron. This guy's incredible. Joe Biden. I just added Joe Biden on Twitter. Hilarious. Hilarious what the fuck he's doing. The world is about to melt. The U.S. economy is about to fucking turn into a pile of ash. Every sector is going to be fucked. You know, I, I know that you got these guys on fucking YouTube that are saying, here's where you hide your money. Here's what you got to do. You got to buy the dip. You got to put it in commodities. You got to switch into fucking bonds. You got to take some you know, debt out. And you get Okay. Okay. Right? The writing's on the motherfucking wall. You know what I'm saying? Satan in this hypothetical is Jerome Powell. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Shit is not looking sweet. But Joe Biden, in the face of being complicit with a vaccine that did nothing, mass mandates that did nothing, um, polarizing this nation with the brainwashing and fear mongering that COVID-19 is going to kill us all if we don't comply and now it being the truth that the vaccinated are by far uh, the highest morbidity rates. Um, and previous to vaccination, it was high morbidity for people with three or more core morbidities, right? Fuck all those statistics. Joe Biden came up there. He did all that, right? Um, all that the smoke screens and mirrors. Now what he's doing, he's doing something I've seen before, ladies and gentlemen. He's being bright in a dark situation and you got to implement this in your life. Advice time. When shit is not looking sweet, you got to find a positive. Ladies and gentlemen, I see somebody else do this. I follow LeBron James on Instagram. <laughs> and when the Lakers ain't playing well, LeBron will get on his fucking IG stories and throw up the motherfucking lifetime achievements. God damn it. He, we all know he deserves it. He deserves his motherfucking flowers. He is the GOAT, in my opinion, from basketball skill standpoint, from freak athleticism to the greatest basketball mind. He got it, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. We could argue about that on a different day. I'm talking about his tactic to look at things on the bright side. He's on his IG stories after the Lakers get fucking blown out by an OK team. (laughs) And he's posting him dunking on some fucking six-year-old kid. You know what I'm saying? He still got it. He's 80 years old. He's in the league. He's dunking on, on these fucking freak athletes. He still got it, baby. And Joe Biden does the same thing on Twitter. This country is divided, is confused. People are just like fucking 
holding on to the insides of their pockets, scared that their money's going to fucking vanish, bumping into each other, not knowing whether they should take the jab or they're going to die from the jab or they should be liberal or conservative or if uh, Joe Biden's a hologram that's glitching. People don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. Scrambled eggs in a fucking pot. That is the collective consciousness in America right now. But Joe Biden decides to get on Twitter and put up his statistics. It's hilarious. Let me let me go on motherfucking Twitter and look up one of these goddamn stats. <laughs> this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is looking at the fucking bright side. The president of the United States, Joe Biden, the economy has added 263,000 jobs and wages rose in November. And the unemployment rate is near record low. Record low as it pertains to what? Ever? We're delivering historic results for the American people. Let me tell you something. You know somebody is doing well in their <laughs> in their job when they go on social media and they talk about it. That is, isn't that the greatest indicator that somebody is doing well in life when they go online and they project a positive image? Or is that the opposite? Is that called self-consciousness? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh... Because of our policies, folks are starting to feel the impact of our legislative achievements in their own lives. It will only accelerate in the months ahead as we implement our investments in American families. What investments in American families? Is it a new stimulus check? What is he talking about? I thought we were doing quantitative tightening. I thought the markets are going to shrink. I thought the housing market is overvalued. I thought crypto is already fucking crashed and it has nowhere else to go but hell. That's what I thought. I thought... Gold and silver, for whatever reason, even though it's allegedly a hedge against inflation or a weakening dollar, it's something to hedge your bets against uh, an overinflated stock market. I thought those things were supposed to skyrocket. But gold and silver are still fucking hovering around it because nobody has money. <laughs> nobody has money. You know what I'm saying? But they're going to make investments in the American families. Don't know what the fuck. You know, that's a pretty general statement. Um, I think President Biden has to understand something. If you're going to go in front of the American public and say general things for it to hypnotize them, you can't type it. You got to say there has to be some level of craftsmanship when you're doing a spin move. You can't just type it. You can't. <laughs> there's no there's no feel there, baby. You know, going back to my belief, we need a, a salesman as a president. Uh, I'm going to read more, one more, you know, the law of threes. Let's see. I'm going to find a good one. <sighs> Come on, Joe. Give me something, baby. Husband to Flotus. Very fucking hilarious. Um. <laughs> Holy shit. This guy needs somebody else working on his Twitter for him. Um. Come on. Give me a fucking. Okay. The Inflation Reduction Act lowers cost for families. Combats the climate crisis. And reduces the deficit, all while making the largest corporations pay their fair share. Nobody believes that last part. Nobody believes the, the last part that the super rich are paying what they their, their fair share. The Inflation Reduction Act. See, this is what's so funny to me. Um, to lower inflation. So I'm, I'm just going to try to express the graphic he has. Lowering cost of families, everyday expenses. Lower the cost for American families. Um, and it's just a whole bunch of pictures, $800 annual savings on health insurance, $800. Okay. <laughs> That's not enough for a TV. 
All right, uh, a decent TV. $500 in annual savings for Americans throughout clean energy tax credit programs. And as a picture of a car, the predominance of working class Americans drive gas and gas is $900 a fucking gallon. So I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. $2,000 annual cap, cap on out of pocket. I'm sorry, I'm blind. Prescription drug cost for seniors. Okay, so you can get your drugs for cheaper. And um, <laughs> that's important because as these things are obviously lies and they're not actually going to lower costs for, for families because it's not reducing actual inflation. These are just like fucking coupons. It doesn't help the dollar. Our government doesn't do anything to the dollar. <laughs> they go to their daddy, the fucking Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve is making those moves. They haven't pivoted yet. Inflation is not doing anything. It's not lowering. I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to be angry about this. But the point of this, the point of the beginning of this portion of the rant was to look on the bright side, ladies and gentlemen. And if you are interpreting this as sarcasm, good for you. If you're not, I'm cradling you right now. Everything's going to be all right. Um, no, it, it isn't that bad. It isn't that bad. We go through these cycles, ladies and gentlemen. We go through these cycles uh, a lot. You know, it happens a lot and we never learn our fucking lesson. Uh, <laughs> no, man. What really matters? What really matters is not how much money you have. Is not, uh, you know, what type of education you can provide for your children. It is not how safe your neighborhood is. It is lowering the cost for your drugs so that you can keep your cortisol levels low because stress is the real killer. And instead of alleviating stress by making, uh, you know, what I'm saying uh, an economy, creating an environment where the economy is fair and resources are shared and people live in good neighborhoods and they have access to education so that I'm not, not walking around confused as fuck because the Internet is scrambling their brains. Instead of all those things, drugs. Drugs, keep the cortisol low. Whatever you can fucking do, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever you can fucking do. Look on the bright side. You know what I'm saying? Look on the bright side. Um, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. What, what else is going on, man? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck else is going on. Let me look for something. Let's do some spontaneous internet searching. And uh, let's see this first one. Okay, that is not what I was looking for. That's porn on Reddit. You know what I'm saying? That's always healthy. Keep the cortisol low. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's see. Oh, they have propaganda on Reddit as well. Where they try to make... I don't know who falls for this one. But they, they, they have like these groups of 40 or so white males with t-shirts tied around their mouths and they're apparently part of like small Nazi organizations or nationalist, radical nationalist groups that are going to go and terrorize black and Hispanic people. I don't know. I'm not scared of those guys. I'm not scared of those guys. Um, <laughs> the internet, baby. The internet. Yeah, man. I have so many ideas so many fucking ideas, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have ideas? Are you guys cooking up in a noggin? Beautiful, beautiful things. Not just the icing on the cake that I present through this motherfucking podcast. I'm talking about actual 
implementable ideas. I just have so many. And uh, that's why I do love this podcast. I've been like this since the beginning of time. In all my past lives, I've been a well of uh, daily replenishing thought. You know, whether you want to call that madness, hysteria, um, do what you will, you know, diagnose me as you will. The reality is I've always had a lot of fucking ideas and through this podcast, I've been doing this for four months now, very early, very early in my journey. Um, I've been doing it for four months. Beside the fact that the reason I do this once a day is to build a muscle, is to be able to talk on various topics that I'm uninformed about, baby. <laughs> no, not even only that, but just be creative and have like an individual angle and <clears throat> just use my vision to kind of like break down pieces of information or express certain thoughts, right? Beside that, you know, I do love doing this, but it has had a positive correlation on like organi- organizing practical solution in my brain, you know? And uh, creative people are a mess. So that's always a fucking helpful thing. You know, creative people have a tendency to, I want to say be lower functioning in average qualities, might be projecting. But I think if you look at creative people throughout history, they have quirks about them. You know, idiosyncrasies, things that are not typical. But with that uh, slight madness comes, you know, the gold, the gold, baby. And the exercise of doing this every day, regardless of mood, regardless of circumstance, has provided for me an organization of thought to really be inspired to think deeply about solutions that could be implemented on either fucking side. You know what I mean? I, I think back that I watched this beautiful fucking documentary, this Cambridge Analytica documentary, where they were, there was this young lady who she was just like a fucking genius young woman and she had worked for Obama's campaign and was uh, headhunted by the other side. And she started working on the Trump's administration and it was like a, a scandal that was unveiled after Trump's administration or during Trump's administration about how he got in office. One of the tax- tactics that was used was essentially like a manufacturing of consent through Facebook, where there was these surveys that were put out that kind of identified um, swing voters, people who are more likely to vote or excuse me, less likely to vote by party, they they had some level of being persuaded. And that's obviously the most important people because if you can count on, you know, Joe Schmo to be, you know, conservative and vote Republican, and you can count on Lisa Lesbian to, to vote Democrat every fucking time, you want to target the people who have a potential to swing either way. You know what I mean? So... What they did through this this campaign uh, on Facebook during the Trump administration, they hired very intelligent people. Um, and I remember that young lady. I can't remember her name in particular. It's just I found it very interesting because she was one of those individuals that never wanted to accept blame. It was like that other documentary that came out on Netflix where they were trying to... Um, <laughs> it was the spin for how evil Facebook is. These evil geniuses that they hired to do these manipulation tactics like implement a love button to tap into the psyche everybody's need for fucking love. And she had one of those personalities where, you know, after she did something that was damning to society, that was pretty fucking evil. She just did. She she knew how to not accept any responsibility. 
And, um, you know, that's a, that's a fucking incredible thing. She starts off with one party, switches to the next. She just has that interchangeable skill. You know, you point, she's a, she's a weapon, baby. Why did I start ranting about her? You know, I'm a fan, baby. I'm a fan. I like game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very therapeutic outside. It is raining right now. <sighs> Cleaning my house. <sighs> All very, very, very therapeutic. I still would rather be in New York City right now. I'm going to end it on that note. For anybody who's not been to New York City, for anybody who's been to New York City, accept the fucking reality. Greatest place on the planet. The greatest place on the planet. I know everybody right now, they're fighting for the right to call Israel their motherfucking motherland. New York City got it. Babylon, the motherfucking great I might be going back. I might be going back. I might. I don't know. We're going to see. Ladies and gentlemen, for anybody who's a continued listener to Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to the Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time.